This is the Eye on Potatoes, brought to you by the National Potato Council. The Eye is the place to tune in for conversations with growers and thought leaders on advocacy, production, and all things potatoes. Now, here's your host, Lane Nordland. Welcome back to the Eye on Potatoes podcast. I'm your host, Lane Nordland. Today, we are going to be discussing an issue that has been impacting the U.S. potato industry for now on 20 years. And that, of course, is having full, fresh access for U.S. potatoes to the country of Mexico. With the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement now in full effect, this agreement may give the U.S. potato industry the leverage it needs to get full, fresh access to the Mexican market. We have some allies in the U.S. Senate that are picking up the call and advocating for the industry, sending letters to the administration in Washington, D.C. to help resolve this issue. Joining us on the phone from Washington, D.C. right now is the National Potato Council CEO, Cam Quarles. Uh, Cam, this is an issue we have talked about uh, several times here on the I Am Potatoes podcast, but for our friends that are maybe joining us for the first time, can you maybe just share a little bit information and history behind why the U.S. potato industry does not have full, fresh access to Mexico? Yeah, Elaine, I'm I'm glad we're having this conversation. I think it's very topical. We really appreciate that uh, Senator Gardner, Senator Risch, Senator Crapo sent letters both to the Secretary of Agriculture, Purdue, as well as uh, U.S. Trade Representative Ambassador Lighthizer uh, raising this issue and suggesting that the new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement could be, the authorities within it could be useful in finally resolving this long trade impediment. Uh, I'll just go back very, very quickly, 20 years ago. The U.S. government and Mexican government sat down at the time, and they basically established effectively uh, an informal quid pro quo. Both market access agreements were set on similar timelines. Uh, the U.S. honored that agreement, and in the intervening 20 years, the Mexican avocado industry has built a $2 billion annual market in the U.S. for their avocados. However, Mexico did not reciprocate for U.S. fresh potatoes, and we have uh, access to just a very limited part of Mexico, just south of the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, it's access that um, is limited by no scientific measures. Um, there's, there's effectively no justification for us just having this very limited access. Uh, we ultimately can't, can't sell our fresh potatoes to the bulk of Mexican consumers. And so really the, the simple agreement that the U.S. and Mexico uh, came to 20 years ago has never been fully realized. And part of the reason for that is the, the domestic potato industry in Mexico has been extremely aggressive about using all of their political connections as well as their legal resources to, to block our access uh, to, to, to entering Mexico. About Six years ago, the Mexican government, under tremendous pressure from the U.S. and the international community, finally agreed that they were going to have to allow U.S. 
fresh potatoes fully into their country. And that triggered an immediate reaction by the Mexican potato industry. The Mexican potato industry sued their own government to prevent that that uh, access from becoming real. And in the intervening six years or so, we have um, been dealing with a number of different lawsuits at various levels of the Mexican court system. Finally, those lawsuits have made their way all the way up to the Mexican Supreme Court. And we anticipate that the Mexican Supreme Court is going to start working on, uh, on a ruling or rulings on those cases here sometime in the next few months. But obviously, uh, the the Mexican Supreme Court, uh, COVID-19, has really thrown off that that progress. Is there any real hope that uh, a positive uh, ruling in in favor of the U.S. fresh potato uh, industry is actually going to come out of the High Court of Mexico? Well, so that's an incredibly interesting and ultimately an extremely expensive question to answer, um, Lane. The, The legal proceedings against... The, the cases against the Mexican government are extremely far-reaching. They go beyond the the question over whether potatoes can come into Mexico. They they really call into the into question the Mexican government's ability to make an import determination on any agricultural cr- products being imported um, to that country. And when you think about the ramifications of that for for a country that uh, in in certain commodities is very dependent on ag imports, um, essentially calling into question all of those rulings by the Mexican government is that could have really dire economic consequences for that country. So the the Mexican Supreme Court is under some substantial pressure to to try to um, to try to resolve this. I, I think it's fairly obvious. They trying to rule entirely in favor of the protectionist measures of the Mexican potato industry would be destructive for a a huge amount of the Mexican economy. And so they probably can't go that far. Um, But the question is, but but the assumption by folks is, well, if they can't go that far, then ultimately this is kind of a binary outcome and we're just going to win outright. Um, So the U.S. potatoes would would automatically be provided access. It's way more complicated than that. The question is whether or not some middle ground could be struck where effectively the, the Mexican government's authorities are maintained, but the the legal system, the regulatory system in Mexico is used to further drag out what's already been a 20-year-long process for getting access to that market. Um, I think that's what the senators were concerned about. Uh, that's what, candidly, a lot of folks in the administration are very concerned about. And obviously, us in our industry, we're extremely concerned about this further running the clock out. This foot dragging uh, is expensive on an annual basis, and um, it it's clearly in violation of Mexico's World Trade Organization as well as their USMCA obligations. 
and it needs to be brought to a close. And so that that's I, I think that's the rather emphatic statement that Senators uh, Gardner, Risch, and Crapo were making in the in the letters that you mentioned. So as we look at that request in the letters sent to the U.S. Trade Representative along with the USDA, uh, what are some of the uh, hopeful solutions that we can utilize within the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement to, to really help uh, make a ruling uh, for this trade impediment and, uh, and actually resolve this 20-year issue? And hopefully that uh, is a, a resolved in favor of uh, the U.S. potato industry. But what are some of those mechanisms? Uh, that can be utilized to help get this uh, solved? Yeah, so uh, the USMCA, it, it has embedded within it, it essentially has its own version of a court system. It's called a dispute resolution mechanism. And it, it was set up exactly for that purpose, is if you have a dispute about how the, how the agreement is being implemented, there's a process that each country can go through by which to to resolve those issues, and so uh, you know, we're, our our hope is that the the Mexican Supreme Court does the right thing. We have a complete ruling that provides us with the access that we need in the next few months. But if that doesn't occur, um, then we we really want to look at these authorities within USMCA uh, to br- provide further. Uh, leverage for the U.S. to get Mexico to do the right thing here. And, you know, one, one of the things that our industry has asked, if you, if, you, if, you, if you use that dispute resolution mechanism and a country is found in violation of their obligations under the agreement, effectively what happens is retaliatory tariffs can be imposed. And some in our industry have said, well, wouldn't it be reasonable that those retaliatory tariffs be placed upon the Mexican avocados that have been the beneficiary of this agreement that the U.S. honored 20 years ago, but the Mexican government did not? Um, so I, I, I think if, if we go down that route, there's going to be a lot of discussions. I mean, it, it's not a it's not a close case about whether or not uh, Mexico is in violation of their agreement. Uh, they know they are. That's why they they grudgingly agreed to open their market six years ago. Um, and, and all of this litigation has been, you know, kind of in, in recognition that um, this the 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 government-to-government process was running out of options for the, the Mexican potato industry, and so they needed to get this into a different venue. Um, really, the appropriate venue is between the two governments, and we think the USMCA authorities, if if the Mexican Supreme Court is it just effectively kicks the can down the road, um, that's not a technical legal term, but it, it's it's a potential outcome, then USMCA can get this back in the government-to-government court and ultimately provide us with the access we're looking for. Cam, what type of economic impact would this 100% fresh access to Mexico have on the U.S. potato industry? Right now, Mexico is, uh, for a number of other potato products, primarily processed potato products, Mexico is about a $250 million a year uh, annual export market for, for us. Um, the 
the fresh potato access, we anticipate, given the size of their consumer market, we're anticipating it's another 100 million plus annually would, uh, would, would be what we can ship to Mexico once we're up and running. And so you're talking about a 50% increase uh, on an annual basis over over what we ship there right now. So uh, this is a this is a big opportunity. Mexico is one of our top three export markets right now, and we don't have access for our fresh potatoes. So um, we're you know rightfully just just as just as aggressively as the Mexican avocado guys wanted to to sell into the U.S. 20 years ago. We're 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 very excited about the opportunities in Mexico. We think reaching Mexico, Mexican consumers with our high-quality potatoes is going to be a huge success if we, can, if we can just get the access we rightfully deserve. It's very clear that the relationship that the National Potato Council has created with so many members of Congress, it, it truly is paying off in so many ways, but especially in this very important situation. Cam, what can our listeners do to interact with the current administration and with members of Congress to, to have more awareness about this and really see this issue pushed forward even more? Well, I, I think, you know, the the main main thing I, I want people to be aware of is how um, how diligently the administration as well as uh, our our representatives on Capitol Hill have sought to get this this unfortunate situation to a better place and that, that's over a period of years there have been many chapters in this saga and we're we are we believe it's coming to an end. Um, we're hopeful that it's coming to an end, but it won't without fairly aggressive action. Um, so we're just we're extremely thankful for uh, the the hard work that goes in day on, day in and day out. Um, there are a variety of different technical things that occur uh, in regard to the legal process and the regulatory process in Mexico, and uh, the. The administration, uh, the folks down in Mexico uh, working for the U.S. government, we have a we have a, a a team of folks that we work with in Mexico. Um, their th- their efforts have been fundamental to 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 getting us uh, to to a better place here. So um, it's it's really been a team effort, and we we just want to see some results here. For our friends uh, listening, if you would like to read the letters sent by three U.S. senators that are great advocates for the U.S. potato industry, make sure and visit nationalpotatocouncil.org to read the full letter and to learn more about this issue. Cam, before I let you get back to your day on Washington, D.C., any last thoughts or words you'd just like to share with our listeners on this very important topic? Just really appreciate the opportunity to have a conversation about about this with you, Lane. Uh, I, I know it's been a it's been a long saga with a lot of twists and turns, but you know ultimately the potential benefits to family farmers across the United States, from Maine to North Dakota to Idaho to Colorado, um, it they 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 can make a real difference in in people's lives and. We're committed to seeing this fight through, and uh, we, we want to provide these family farmers with the access to this valuable export market that they rightfully deserve. So uh, we're 
incredibly appreciative of the work that um, Senator Gardner has done, Senator Risch, Senator Crapo, and all the other advocates that we've had on on, on Capitol Hill as well as the administration. And we're we're going to get this going to get this concluded to in our industry's favor. It, uh, it may, it may take a bit longer, but we're, we're, we're pretty committed to seeing this through to the finish line. Definitely some positive momentum and hopefully a positive outcome for the U S fresh potato industry. Cam Coral, CEO of the national potato council. Thank you so much for joining us and, and giving us really a cliff notes in-depth version of this very complex issue. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you, Lang. All right, friends, that will do it for this special edition of the Eye on Potatoes podcast. For more information, make sure and visit nationalpotatocouncil.org and make sure and subscribe to the Eye on Potatoes podcast on your listening devices today. I'm Lane Nordland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the National Potato Council's Eye on Potatoes podcast with host Lane Nordland. For more information, visit nationalpotatocouncil.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today. 